My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Dr. Solomon. He's a coach who specializes in well-being and career coaching, where he combines elements from clinical medicine, psychology, and business management to create evidence-based strategies. He's also the host of the Thrive Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Basha, for the invitation. It's a pleasure. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? So I started as a pharmacist, and then I realized as much as I loved this profession, there is a cap for growth, and personal growth is important for me. So I pivoted to science and did my master's in biochemistry, did my PhD in genetics, um, and that was in Canada. And it was a really exciting journey as science is very close to entrepreneurship. Both require passion, require motivation, and require persistence. And then due to unforeseen event in my PhD, losing one of my advisors to mental illness, and unfortunately ending his own life, something that made me reflect, yeah, reflect on my career and uh, goals. So I thought about it is time to go back to uh, my clinical roots and uh, started my medical school, focus on psychiatry. And now I am a physician doing psychiatry. During that time, my entrepreneurship drive was still there. So uh, I started my own coaching career on the side, uh, and that is uh, through certification with the International Coach Federation and focusing on, as you mentioned, uh, well-being and uh, career transitions in particular. Very interesting. So why, why coaching specifically? What about that interested you? Coaching, unlike, uh, let me put it this way, from psych perspective, I'm not sure if it's clear to people what's the difference between mentorship, coaches, and therapist. And sometimes they get blended together, and that will tell you why I focus on coaching. In therapy, it is, for the most part, it is a hierarchical system in a sense, right? There is a therapist and there is a patient. You work together, but there is clear a giver and receiver. A mentorship, which is something I enjoy, uh, but I don't find it uh, as something as should be a career. It should be literally part of everyday work. It is sharing with someone who is younger than you or maybe older, but earlier stage in their career what have worked with you and what have worked for you. And then it's up to them to 
incorporated or not. And by definition, again, I think it should be unpaid. Coaching is a mix of the two, but with a major difference, that's a co-creation. So we are going together on, say, a fishing trip. We don't know what fish we will catch, and it doesn't matter who will catch the fish first, but we are in this journey together. Okay, very interesting. So coaching was attractive to you just because it, it combines both therapy and mentorship. And there is a lack of hierarchy. So coaching, the coachee is in the driving seat. I'm there too. I'm in the back seat telling them, okay, maybe we can go a little bit to the left or to the right. But if they see something different, we can discuss and then see what would work best. So with all of your clinical experience, what, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are struggling with stress? What's the best way for an entrepreneur to deal with that? I will focus on things that are evidence-based because this is what I can see some literature on. So let's start, say, with if you can do three of these five things, 10 minutes a day, I think you will be in a better spot. If you can do four out of five, then it's fantastic. If you can do the five, then you are really in, in a good place. And try to mix and match so that you would not get too bored. Let's start with the first one, mindfulness. Mindfulness meditation has been studied extensively since the late 1970s when Jot Kemet Zen, who is faculty at University of Mass Amherst, brought mindfulness to the Western medicine. And he did a great job in purifying it from its religious Buddhist roots, still some aspects of it, but mindfulness has roots in almost every culture and every religious practice. And he standardized it. So now there is something called the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, MBSR. And how can you do it on a daily basis? There are apps that you can do, uh, different kinds of meditation. I would recommend the body scan as a start, body scan, because it helps you find a spot where the scattered mind can hinge on, and then your mind will be um, leaving your thoughts thousand times, and you come back to the thought thousand times. And the moment you come back to your thoughts are actually the moments of mindfulness. It is not the other way around. So when people tell you, this doesn't work for me, I think they think of mindfulness as the person who is sitting on a beach, closing their eyes in a sunny place. No. Mindfulness meditation is meant to be even in the very gloomy, painful days. It is time to focus on the moment. You can even do it without meditation just the mindfulness. For example, when you are drinking coffee, and be honest with me here, how many times would you be drinking the coffee and then raising the cup to realize it's empty? 
did this happen to you before? It's like you are drinking it on the side and then, oh yeah, it's empty. Not very or often, you... to be honest. Hmm? Not very often, but I also don't really drink coffee. Okay, or tea or, or water. We'd we'll be drinking or eating something on the side and just to realize, oh, it's, it's already empty. Maybe it's a couple of times. Maybe mm -hmm. a couple oh, good. times. So you're mindful by nature. Yeah, for, for me, it happens a lot. And it's the idea that we are doing, some, doing multiple things at the same time and we're not living the moment. So in different kinds of mindfulness, I would recommend some people start with breathing, but it can be hard for some, some people. Body scan is amazing. The counterpart, the other counterpart I've heard is I did it and didn't work for me. It is like the mental gym. If you go a couple of times, you will not grow muscles. It needs to be practiced almost daily. People tell you there is no time for it. I tell them if you don't have 10 minutes a day, then there is something missing in your life. Maybe this is actually a wake-up call. Where is your time going? So that's for mindfulness. I use that app called Timer. I don't have any affiliation to this app and it is for free. So people can, I think there's a premium version, but they can uh, use the free version. The other thing I would say, the progressive muscle relaxation. Have you heard of this before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it also can be done. It doesn't have to be that long as 10 minutes but maybe two minutes, few times a day where you will tense a group of muscles, say for 20 seconds, and then relax for 20 seconds. And you do this for different muscle groups in the body. You don't have to do all muscle groups at once. You don't have to do a certain number of them. Even if you did two of them, even if you did one muscle group, say three times, this will take you about couple of minutes but it really takes you away from a stressful moment like say an email that you didn't like or a difficult client or something that you didn't appreciate it just distances you from that moment and then you become more responsive rather than reactive uh, which means basically you take a time to evaluate your response versus right away you react on the spot. So mm. this is the second one, mindfulness and the progressive muscle relaxation. The third one is the obvious and the one that is in so much research uh, on, but for some reason we all are guilty of not doing as much of 10 minute of any vigorous activity. And I intentionally use the term activity, not workout or exercise. So it could be taking the stairs up and down over 10 minutes. It could be uh, walking like brisk walk for 10 minutes. The idea is to have the heart rate increased by about 70%-ish, there is a range, but let's say 70% over, say, 10 minutes. 
you will feel a difference. As little as it is, if you do it, let's say five times a week, there's absolutely benefit and benefit that will last throughout the day. Number four is the social aspect. I know this sounds strange because we are all in social connections on the internet now, but this does not mean actual deep connection. We are living in one of the most lonely times in uh, human history. And it's strange because we have more social network and there are more studies now that are specific for the impact of loneliness, not only on how to manage stress, but ironically on cardiovascular system. And you will see more data on this on the CDC website. So take 10 minutes, and this has to be in your calendar, uh, to reach out by phone call or video chat to someone from your friends in the past, even if someone that you are not so close to, it doesn't have to be, but an opportunity to connect and say hi and without an agenda. And it really takes the stress out because subconsciously or unconsciously, you start to realize that you have people and friends and a network that you can talk to and rely to outside of work versus having all your social network and all your support system just from people who are also entrepreneurs. It's like physicians who only hang out with physicians. It's a terrible idea because what you will talk about is the same things that you are all facing. So have people who are outside of this just to talk to. And the last 10 minutes, I would say the energy management. And again, I hear, avoid the term specifically time management. Time is a finite entity. It's 24 hour. We made it 24 hours. It could have been 36, just arbitrary thing, but we can't really manage time. We can only manage our energy. So take 10 minutes near the end of the day to look at your calendar of next day and preferably the next three days and see where your energy is really high in the day. And that time, use it for something creative or the most demanding task of your day or even the task that you don't feel like doing and you keep deferring. Put the rest in other blocks, for example. If you are an afternoon person and you don't like to be waking up early, but you had to, put most of your meetings then in the morning and have the afternoon for something that's productive and plan your day this way. And you will see a big difference because sometimes we misalign our energy uh, with the tasks that demand it. And then you'll end up thinking, oh, where's my day? Where did my time go? But it's mostly, I think it's where did my energy go? So to wrap 
the five, I would say the mindfulness every day, 10 minutes, use an app for free, make it a habit, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. It's like going to the gym, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. You have to go. Uh, progressive muscle relaxation, especially uh, when there is high stress, high intensity, there is something big going on or something upsetting or you're going into a confrontation uh, with someone, uh, have this as something in your pocket. The activity for 10 minutes, use whatever available around you. Brisk walking, fine. Keep an eye on the heart rate. Um, stairs. Anything. Squat. Use your chair to do push-ups, whatever it is. Call someone or video chat someone. And finally, 10 minutes to look at your calendar of next morning and align your energy with the tasks. Thank you so much for that tangible advice. I completely, I agree with all of it, but I especially agree with the, um, with the calendar portion, arranging all of your tasks around when you are most productive and when your energy is the highest. For me personally, I love working and getting things done at night. Once the sun sets, that's when I feel I'm the most productive. I'm able to sit down and I can knock out several hours of work in one sitting. I don't feel like I'm checking my phone every two seconds. That's what works for me. Yes. Um, and meditating too, especially meditate. I, I always looked down on meditating. I thought that it was some like weird, like woo woo yeah. stuff, yes. you know, but once yes. I started doing it, like that's the number when I'm trying to figure something out or answer a question that I, I've been thinking over for days, the number one thing I do is go and meditate and go and yes. find the answer in yourself helps me recenter myself. It's amazing. Highly recommend all of the strategies are good. Yeah. Meditation has been you know, not only studying and practice for many years, it's now, I think of it now as a way of living life. Absolutely. Because we are now mindless. Most of what we do are mindless. Uh, even when you go shopping, we are mindless. We're thinking about the next thing. Um, so it's it's a way, as you said, like recentering the self. Absolutely. Love, highly recommend meditation. I love it. Why keeps you motivated? I would say three things. First and foremost, passion. If you don't have a passion for something, it is really hard to be motivated. But that leads me also to number two, which is important. If you don't have the passion, but you are good at something, trust that this thing will make you passionate about. Because sometimes we are, you know, the passion and what we're good at are not aligned. So then which one I will choose? Personally, I'll choose the thing that I am good at. Uh, because then when you're good at something or you're working on something to become better at it, with time, you will have passion for it. The other way around can be hard, at least for me. If you are, if I am passionate about, uh, and I am, uh, say, workouts, 
I know I would never be a bodybuilder. Like yeah. there's no way now. So, or compete at that level. So it can be my career. And the third thing, curiosity. And this is a big driver for, I would say most scientists, but I assume also for entrepreneurs. Plus minus, at the end of this depends on other people, but for me, the social impact. There is something about impact that we leave that really motivates me. I think that's that's a very common thing for coaches. That's what tends to motivate them is the results that they get for their clients and changing lives. Yeah. What do you wish you knew back when you first started this business that you know now? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I would say three things. First, sometimes I wished I slowed down to speed up. And what I mean is sometimes when I try to move forward, uh, you sometimes just keep going. But I wish I uh, had a point to slow down and reassess where things are. And that would have helped me make a better decision regarding certain situations. And for all entrepreneurs uh, out there, we all share the same journey. Uh, sometimes fast is slow and slow is fast. Take some time, could be half a day, to reassess where you are. Because we are all driven to get goals. Oh, I can be using this time to send emails, to network, to do this. But you might be climbing the wrong ladder. And we all have mm. been in that situation. So it's not a waste oh, of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a waste of time to slow down. And again, sometimes fast is slow and slow is fast, especially in building relationships. Absolutely. People are smart. People are smart. People know if you are fast because you want to get something out of them or you're interested, okay, in a long-term collaboration or long-term growth, and they're not mutually exclusive to have collaboration and have good relationship. The second thing is uh, sometimes less is more. <laughs> I wish I knew this from the get-go. Um, at least from growth perspective, fewer goals uh, can lead to bigger growth. You know the difference between the laser beam and the light, the regular house light, the laser beam is focused and it's mm -hmm. efficient and you can use it to do a lot of things, including even carving things like diamond, which is hard to carve, versus the house light is lovely, but it's diffuse. So it doesn't have the same power. So I wish I was more aware that less sometime is more. Mm -hmm. Um, the third one, 
I wish I could understand the comfort in discomfort. In discomfort, not and. Because as I was growing and as I was changing careers myself, there is a discomfort. But to accept that, okay, there will be discomfort. And this is part of the journey. Yes. And this, yeah, part of the journey. And so there is comfort in discomfort. And I think this comes back to something I was talking about in the strategies when people go and start meditation and they feel like they are sitting on needles. Like, oh my God, this is so boring. And their mind is wondering after two minutes and this is, where's the exit door out of this? Sit with it. Mm-hmm. Sit with it. This is the comfort and discomfort. The same when you go to the gym first time and you can catch your breath after a minute or two and the guy or the girl next to you has been on the treadmill for like two hours. Go to the gym. So I wish I had more of this about comfort and discomfort. Discomfort is when you grow. Yes. And this is where some of us either will get so tense um, or quit or unfortunately overreact. So when we get told there is something, you're not yourself, you are getting more irritable or something, then we try to pretend there is no discomfort and we keep pushing because we didn't acknowledge that. So acknowledging the discomfort and discomfort rather than pretending is not there. And this could lead to a fourth point, which is vulnerability is strength. Vulnerability is strength. I'm not saying we go out there and tell people, oh, we are vulnerable and try to get sympathy and uh, there is some unhealthy aspects where this could can be used. But I say to understand that in this journey, as scientists or as an entrepreneur, there will be time where we need to expose a little bit of our vulnerability. And that can lead to stronger relationships and connections because then the people you work with will see you as a human being. Absolutely. And when when people see that kind of transparency from you, they trust you a lot more than somebody who's pretending like everything's fine, like everything is good, like they're perfect, like they've never gone through anything, like they have everything together. Transparency and and humanity is definitely a huge strength, especially in the business world. Exactly. And people know because they are all in the same path can tell if you are BSing or not, pardon my language, but uh, yeah, Harry Frankfurt has a great, uh, that philosopher, Harry Frankfurt, and he is also an academician, had a great definition of BS versus lie. So uh, BS is when you try to persuade people around you with something, whether it is right or wrong, it doesn't matter. 
because unfortunately your main focus is persuasion. Why is we know what is right and what's wrong, but then we intentionally choose to focus on the wrong one. And I would say most people, when they try to hide certain things, it's not lying, it's more of uh, BS to try to appear in a certain way mm-hmm. as a leader. We are slowly running out of time. So I'd like to cover your podcast really quickly before we jump off. So what is the, I guess, what was the intention behind starting the podcast? I started Thrive as a YouTube podcast in 2020, August, 2020. And it was an attempt of me to help both myself, frankly, and others uh, get uplifted and motivated in a time where we all felt more isolated. Mm. And it was, the whole intention was to invite guests who have walked the walk. Most of them are TED speakers, TEDx speakers, and thinkers 50, and people who have done pretty good job in maintaining their career, but focusing on at least one time where they managed to go from striving to thriving. And this is where the name comes from. And I was amazed, as also some of the listeners were amazed by the personal stories and the challenges that some of these people have gone through to maintain the uh, caliber of success that they have they had in the past and it also signaled that the pandemic was not the end of uh, things it might have been the start of something for people absolutely and, i c- i mean i uh, completely agree yeah yeah sorry go ahead so that was the whole idea um yeah, and so in the same time, I started a mind and body uh, uh, show where I host fitness trainers who talk about workouts that could be done from home, understanding that people don't have access to uh, gym equipments, and uh, especially professionals and busy entrepreneurs at what they can do, not necessarily to be aesthetically in the best shape, but to be healthy. And these can be different. You can be very lean and still running short of breath after walking for five minutes. And you can be slightly overweight and you can be running okay for 10 minutes. Yeah, the other purpose, uh, the other show I had with that purpose. So it was really tied to when we're all together in this tough situation, how can we all grow by learning from our past experiences? And by our, I mean, people who were successful and had 
times where they were lonely or unsuccessful or isolated, and they used it as a stepstone to go from striving to thriving. So many beautiful stories came out from that time period. It was, it's amazing to see. That's, that's the, one of the best things about entrepreneurs is that we're able to take really, really bad situations where it looks like, you know, crap is hitting the fan. We'll put it that yes. way. And, and, and turn it around and find a new way to do things. And we're so resourceful just as a group. It's amazing. Yes. And I love that you say as a group. As a group, no one can do it alone. It's, yeah, absolutely. I'm learning, yeah, I'm learning from you, definitely from your questions and how you ask them. And you are learning from me. And this is how it, how it grows. Absolutely. What is your favorite thing about podcasting? If it is one thing, I would say learning from the people I interview. It is amazing that you will learn something new, not only about that person, but more importantly, you will see a new perspective because we all can see if there is an elephant in the room, you know, this analogy where if I, if we're all blind or put something around our eyes and someone put his hand on the trunk, they will think it's a tree. Um, if they put so on the leg, they would think it's a tree. If they put their hand on the ear of the elephant, they might think it's something like a piece of leather. If they put their hands on the tail, they might think it's a snake, but it's the same object. And that is what I think I learned the most on the podcast. I might know this, the object, that they're talking about, but I'm looking at the trunk that they are talking about the tail or the eye. And that is really eye-opening and definitely helps me seeing where the clients come from. It is so easy to give cookie-cutter uh, solutions where the actual problem is the question. It's not the solution. Maybe the question is wrong. People Very interesting analogy. Yeah. It's, you will see this a lot in, uh, not only in coaching, but also in therapy. People come to you and say, they think, oh, this, uh, I can't get along with my partner and my partner is driving me crazy. And, and then you realize not the partner. The partner relationship is a manifestation. There is something else that's going in other aspects of life and it is affecting other aspects too. And mm. uh, looking at it from that perspective uh, or getting more perspectives from other people in the field, I think helps me grow and see these as symptoms rather than an illness. So cough can be anything from flu up to cancer. And so don't take the cough, which is a symptom as a diagnosis. It can only be done through talking to other people. Mm. 
Very interesting. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Solomon. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? You can go to the website, dr, like doctor, and then Solomon, S as in Sam, O-L-I, and then man, M-A-N. Uh, they can reach out to me through booking, a free consultation, free session, or just emailing me. And social media, they are all the same, Dr. Solomon, MD, and especially on the YouTube, where is, uh, my podcasts are. And I hope it will be of help to people who are struggling in times where they, at a certain point of their career, they were really doing well. And then that just things didn't work out to see that other people were in their situation before and things will get better. Things will get better. It just, sometimes we need to look at things a little bit differently, talk to other people who really, um, who we trust and we make a few tweaks here and there and then things can fire again. Thank you so much for those last few words of wisdom. And once again, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it, Basha. Thank you. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to visit, come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.